Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Yesterday on CHML News, of course, we told you the story about another crash that occurred downtown Hamilton. King and Hester Street yesterday closed a stretch of the downtown for quite some time after a driver collided with a pedestrian and then fled. Uh, it's not the first time it's happened, and uh, it should be raising alarm bells for an awful lot of us. Uh, Ryan McGreal and Raise the Hammer wrote about it yesterday. Uh, the uh, blog is called People Keep Getting Crushed on Hamilton's Dangerous by Design Streets. Ryan joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Ryan, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us today. Thanks, Bill. It's great to be on the show. Well, it, and as you all pointed out in your piece in, in Raise the Hammer, this is, a, this is not a, an isolated incident. This is becoming a pattern now. Oh, it is, and it has been for a long time, and uh, nobody at City Hall really seems to care. Uh, I, I, you know, I can't help but, but draw a contrast between uh, the alacrity with which Council convened an emergency session in order to repave a section of Main Street West because it had too many potholes with their complete lack of any sense of urgency about the fact that people are being uh, severely injured and even killed on these same streets, and we're not doing anything about it. Well, let, let's let's talk about this, and because I mean, there are a number of different factors here, and uh, and I guess one of the reasons maybe they're not doing anything about it is because there's there's no quick solution. It's not just hey, let's convert this, let's do this. People are driving too fast. People are driving recklessly, and and it just seems as if Main Street seems to be the focus of attention an awful lot of the time. Uh, sure, and and you know, to be fair, the the collision that happened yesterday was at the corner of King and Hess. Um, but, I mean, on Monday, just about three three days ago now, there was a three-vehicle collision a block away at King and Queen, where uh, one car was completely smashed in, uh, another car was flipped upside down, and a third car had rammed into a building. Uh, that was just this past Monday. Two weeks before that, at, uh, at King and Queen, again a block away, uh, a, a man riding a bike was killed when a cement truck made a right turn into him and crushed him. I mean, people are are literally being killed and it's happening you know in it, it disproportionately on our our big fast multi-lane arterials particularly our one-way streets all right let's talk about possible solutions here uh, if they won't have this discussion at city hall maybe we should be having it right here sure i mean the, you know there's there are there are sort of long-term structural changes that need to happen and certainly with with lrt coming i mean king street is going to be transformed by having um, center running uh, light rail transit, light, light, light rail transit running in dedicated lanes down the middle of the streets. So you're going to have one lane in each direction. It's going to be calmer traffic. It's going to be mostly local traffic rather than crosstown. That's going to be, work in the long term. But in the meantime, why couldn't we take a lane of King Street and just, you know, throw up planter boxes and create a dedicated two-way cycle track? I mean, you had uh, a lane of King Street was closed for over a year during um, a building construction that happened, you know, for uh, part of the Branich project there, and there was absolutely zero impact on traffic flow. So we could make that change. I mean, it's as cheap as, as concrete planter boxes. Yeah, That's it already it, But But why is there such a reticence to do something like that? You and I had this discussion about the Claremont access some time ago and, and the fact that, you know, for the longest time, as you say, there, there, there was a lane that was being blocked off. Life got on. But the councils just, they dragged their heels on. Oh, should we make it a bike lane? Well, we're not so sure. And you're absolutely right about this. The same thing has occurred on Main Street. And, you know, when they were building the condo project uh, just a block away from City Hall, as you say, it was about a year now that the left lane was closed. We, 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 we got by. It, it was fine. Why not close it permanently then? Exactly. But there's just there's no will. 
there's no uh, sense of urgency. Um, there's there seems to be a collective belief that people uh, being seriously injured and killed is just sort of part of the cost of business. That it's just something that well, you know, you know, I, I keep hearing people say things like, well, you can't fix stupid and you can't. Um, you know, you you, uh, you you can't nerf the community. I mean, that's it's it's uh, it's a really kind of fatalistic and defeatist attitude. Uh, you know, I mean, people's lives are being transformed. I mean, even people who aren't killed. I know somebody who was struck by a car when they were crossing the street legally at uh, at Maine and uh, and Queen. Again, just you know, all within the same two three block area. And, uh, you know, years later has chronic pain and is, you know, their life is, is transformed permanently by this kind of thing. And we know what works. We know what other cities are doing and have done and are continuing to do and are dramatically reducing the number of serious collisions that involve injury and death. I mean, Hamilton, we're kind of in the middle of the pack for Canadian cities. Um, you know, but if you look at Vancouver, for example, you know, 20 years ago, Hamilton and Vancouver had the same rate of serious collisions. Now, theirs is significantly lower than ours because they have been doing these things, adding protected cycle tracks, widening sidewalks, planting more trees, slowing the traffic down, increasing transit service. They've been making those changes. And, you know, a small change year after year, incremented over a decade or two decades, you're talking about, I mean, several people's lives. What's that worth? Well, that's that's the question. But do you get the sense sometimes, though, Ryan, that, that at City Hall they love to talk the talk, but they don't really want to walk the walk because there are going to be ramifications. There's going to be pushback. I mean, you know, we we can talk about the, uh, for instance, the dedicated bike lanes. Of course, that on with Herkimer, and you know that that people are still ticked off about that. I mean, they don't seem to understand exactly what this is all about, and and even the people that are against LRT. Uh, you know, they're saying, well, you know what we should be doing is just the, the Rapid Ready Report, which talks about bus stuff and, and BRT. That also means dedicated bus lanes. Are you ready to do that? Because we tried that on, on King Street, remember, a couple of years ago, and, and council backed off because they got so many complaints and phone calls. We, we just don't seem to have the political will to say, look, this is the right thing to do, even though there's a few people in this town that may not like it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the people who are saying that we should do BRT instead of LRT, clearly don't understand what BRT is because it is just as disruptive to traffic as LRT. In fact, done properly, it costs almost as much to build and actually costs more to operate. But 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 seriously, I mean, I think the, the the real pushback, the most serious pushback is from people who just don't want to change the status quo. And uh, you know, and what I would say and, and what I do say to people who kind of identify as drivers, you know, and have made that part of their part of their identity and actually feel threatened by anything that looks to kind of rebalance the street a little bit, is that when a street is safer, it's safer for everybody, including people in cars. I mean, it's it's people driving cars who are being injured and killed, as well as people riding on bikes and people on foot. These, our streets are dangerous for everybody, and making them safer makes them safer for everybody. This should be a no-brainer. Well, it, but again, where's the will? And, and not just mean the political will, but I mean even in the community. I think we we have this sense that you know we've got to get from point A to point B as fast as we can. And anybody who's going to get in my way is is just you know the the bane of my existence. And and we've we've talked about that in the past. I've talked about this with Hamilton Police Services as well. I mean, b- people are angry when they get behind the wheel, and if they have to be slowed down for a minute, they get really angry. And it's just it's the wrong attitude. And and you're absolutely right. I mean, a collision's a collision. If, you know, if we're talking about trying to make the streets safer, but at the same time, 
you know, this this is why, you know, they say, how come the insurance rates are so high? They're higher in Hamilton than they are in many other cities because we have more accidents and collisions. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but look at the at the amount of delay that affected people driving yesterday as a result of this collision. You know, the traffic was backed up for several hours because the police had an entire block of the, the city closed down in order to investigate a serious collision. Collisions are one of the biggest sources of delays and and slowdowns in traffic congestion in this city. I mean, if nothing else, you know, if you can if you can calm traffic down to the point where you know we're not on almost a daily basis having serious collisions that slow that block the street for several hours, that in itself would allow people to get where they're going faster, regardless of how they're getting around. There's always a pushback, and and I can remember even when the discussion in town started about about an LRT system. Uh, and it was still a concept at that point. And, and there was a pushback and a resistance. Some people saying, look, nobody's going to force me to get off my car. If, if that's what you choose to do, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that, that the status quo has to be maintained. I think we all have to understand that we have to change this community uh, for the better. I mean, that's what evolution's all about. Uh, you know, if you don't change, <laughs> then you, you're stuck in the, in the same situation. As you say, it's the definition of insanity. You know, if you look at aerial photographs of, 19, of Hamilton from the 1970s, and you look at aerial photographs of Toronto and Vancouver and, you know, Calgary and various different cities, they all look very similar. Uh, in, in the post-war period, there was a real push to turn every city street into like a four or five lane one-way expressway. A lot of buildings were knocked down to make room for parking lots. And so when you look at these aerial photos, you look at a city that almost looked like it lost the Second World War, you know, where you have whole blocks where there's no building. It's just demolished gravel lots. Now, if you fast forward to today, a lot of those other cities decided to take a different direction. They invested in transit. They invested in, in wider walking and cycling facilities. They invested in urban livability. And if you look at aerial photos of those cities now, they're full of buildings. They're full of people. They're full of vitality. You look at aerial photos of Hamilton today, and we still have entire city blocks that are nothing but gravel lots with cars parked on them. We still have four- and five-lane, you know, uh, multi-lane, one-way highways. We still have a lot of poverty, uh, a lack of economic opportunity. I mean, we're making bad choices, and we're paying the price for them, and we're seeing the consequences happening right in front of our eyes. On the few little areas where we've actually decided to make baby steps in the right direction, if you want to look at James Street North and the fact that it was converted back to 2A in 2002, at the time, I mean, civic leaders said, look, James Street North is dead. Forget about it. It's never coming back. It almost immediately started to turn around, and it is now, you know, considered one of the city's highlights. You know, we're known nationally and even internationally for this amazing hotspot that we have. We're actually showing up on some, like, best cities lists because of this, this jewel we have in our core. That was very nearly uh, derailed by people who were afraid of change. Go back and read the letters to the spectator back in 2001 and 2002. They predicted chaos. They predicted doom. It was going to be a disaster. No one's going to go downtown anymore. It's going to be the death knell. Well, the exact opposite happened. But we're every time we have this debate again, the same failed, discredited arguments come back over and over again. Yeah, well, you're singing to the choir there. I was on city council that 2002 decision, and and you know, the phone calls that we got, and the the the, the, the close-mindedness, and and that was very frustrating. And council, to their credit, went ahead with the the, the projects anyway. And uh, 
uh, there, there needs to be more of that. And, and this is not just on a, on a philosophical level. This is a pragmatic system. I mean, we're smarter now about how we design cities. I mean, you know, you, you look at some of the neighborhoods, even in the East End and the West End, you know, back in the 30s and 40s, you just slapped houses up, you know, just more streets, more streets, more streets. Now we, say, we demand green space. We demand bike paths and walking areas. We're smarter about that, but we haven't done much about our main arteries. We, we're still working in, in a, a really a 20th century, a mid-early 20th century mindset here, where it was, you know, everybody wants to go to the North End to work in the daytime. Let's get them all down there. And then at 5 o'clock, let's get them all home again. Uh, it, our lives are different right now, but we haven't made that change as far as how we're going to plan our streets. What's interesting right now is that downtown Hamilton, the downtown core, is the biggest employment center in the city. It's got about 26,000 jobs, and it adds about 1,000 jobs every year. It is our biggest employment center, but we treat it like an afterthought. We have Main Street and King Street, these four- and five-lane streets blasting right through it. Uh, you know, last week, a transport truck, an 18-wheel transport truck, which has no business driving through the downtown core, except that it's on the truck route because council decided to allow transport trucks to shortcut through the city. A transport truck on Main Street jumped onto the curb, onto the curb took out a utility pole, and crashed into a building. Why is this happening? This is insanity. Bill, this is crazy that we just kind of shrug and go, oh, well, I guess that happened. This isn't normal, and our perception of what is normal and acceptable needs to change. But we we have to wait until there's a crisis. And a lot of our listeners may remember uh, the truck you know Upper James, and they come down the Claremont Access, and more than one occasion, as you recall, Ryan, the the, the Brakes would fail on some of these. There's a school right there on a playground at St. Patrick's where the kids are playing right there. And on a couple of occasions, uh, there but for the grace of God, there could have been massive injuries and even deaths as a result of that. So we got smart and we said, okay, we're going to do something about that. But why aren't we doing it on Main Street and King Street And when, when it comes to traffic calming? It's not saying, hey, we don't want you to drive. It's not saying, hey, get off the streets. And we're not talking about gridlocking here. We're talking about maybe slowing down a little bit. And, and designing these things so that I feel safe walking on the sidewalk beside that traffic. Exactly. Because right now, people aren't safe, and people don't feel safe, and then people don't go downtown. And so we, we're, we're having in, in downtown Hamilton this kind of slow, gradual, organic renaissance. It's happening. It's not happening very quickly, but it is happening. But it all stands on a nice edge. I mean, it could turn around very quickly. I don't know if you saw just yesterday um, the city's... Um, General Manager of Planning and Economic Development, Jason Thorne, uh, was quoted in a CBC Hamilton article saying that um, there's a very strong correlation between the number of new, in, you know, big development projects that are happening in the city, and they're all being located around the LRT line. And they're, they're locating there because we're making that investment. If we turn around and decide to kill that because we don't want to interrupt traffic, it's going to be devastating for the city. Those projects that are in the pipeline are going to drop off. We're going to lose that opportunity to grow the tax base. We're going to lose the opportunity to add more people and more jobs and more opportunities in the center of the city, which is already you know, heading towards thriving. We're going to throw the city into a terrible tailspin. Well, one of the more ludicrous arguments I heard when we were talking about the transitions, of course, on, on Herkimer and everything, was, was, you know, well, it used to take me eight minutes to get to work. Now it's taking me 14, and I'm really ticked off about that. And and, and the councillors, even the mountain councillors, I mean, they, they caved into that and simply said, well, you know, the, the, the short answer to that should be leave earlier. 
uh, uh, maybe 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 don't have the second cup of coffee. Maybe just leave five minutes earlier, and you're going to be fine. You'll get to work on time. But they've got to blame somebody for this. And I mean, we've got to get our heads around this. That that this is about community. It's not just about every individual and their own particular needs and desires. Well, and before Herkimer and Charlton were converted, the city set up a uh, mobile speed radar, and they tracked people driving at 80 and 90 kilometers an hour down Herkimer past Durand Park and the playground at all hours of the day, including 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, 3 in the afternoon, 4 in the afternoon. This is when kids in the neighborhood are walking to and from school, school, and you have cars that are, that are being recorded driving at 80 and 90 kilometers an hour, inches away from where they're on the sidewalk. You know, if you look at Queen Street, council is finally now saying, okay, we're going to talk about converting Queen to two-way. But, I mean, how every couple of weeks, you have cars flipped upside down, lying on the sidewalk where kids are trying to walk to school. I mean, you, know, you, you said before, like, do we need to have a crisis? We're already having a crisis, and we're ignoring it. Well, it is an election year. Hopefully this will be part of the dialogue going forward. Uh, great piece in Raise the Hammer. You should check it out online uh, when you get a few minutes later on today. Ryan, thanks as always. Appreciate it. Thanks. I really appreciate it, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.